Hello and welcome to Choosing an Agency. My name's Alex, founder of Search Agency Climbing Trees, and I'm here to talk about how to select the right agency to grow your business. So today I'm joined by Adam Graham from Grey Matters. Hi Adam. Hi Alex, nice to meet you. So for people who are meeting you for the first time, could you share a little bit about who you are and what you do? Of course, yes. So um, I run a company called Grey Matters, um, and that is a business development consultancy for agencies. So we work in the new business space, the sales and marketing space, ultimately to help grow agencies. Awesome. And then in terms of your experience of the agency world, when, when, when did you first start working with agencies? So I started working with agencies just after my first job, which was in recruitment. So it was around about 14, 15 years ago, um, I started working for a small new business agency, which was ultimately doing lead generation. So I was cold calling um, marketing directors on behalf of agencies, uh, getting told to fuck off 80 times a day. Um, <laughs> and that is how I earned my stripes. Um, and, and that was my first experiences into what the creative world was. And how did you find that experience? Because I wouldn't be able to take the rejection. I'd just crumple like a delicate little flower. <laughs> yeah, well, it was, it certainly, you know, taught me a lot about my, what I needed to know now for future life. You know, you build a lot of uh, thick skin uh, in that role, but um, you just dive in. I mean, I started off, as I say, in recruitment, which basically you're given a phone and a and a list and you're told to get on with it, right? And and it's the, it's the most primitive form of, of sort of business. And uh, you learn because you have to sort of learn everything about the people you're talking to, their needs, how you pitch, your messaging, um, how you convince people, the psychology of people, the way you have to show empathy and determination and grit and, and basically all the foundations of sales. And, and that is, you know, what it, what it taught me. But I think it's a great way to learn, to be quite honest with you. I think most people in the marketing world could really value from a bit of sales experience and just going in there at the cold face. Absolutely, because there can be a temptation for agency people to be technical specialists and really noodle and spend a lot of time doing what they do technically and then not focus on getting that message out there and talking to people. Yeah, I think it's just it's real life, right? And I think sometimes when you are creating messaging or marketing or comms from behind a desk and you're sort of quite far removed from the end user, it's easy to get things wrong. And sometimes, you you know, when we create messaging, we know some things can work really well for a website, but you're going to sound like a twat if you say it on a phone. And therefore, you've got to understand where wh- the right message at the right time and, and how people are sort of thinking and, and, and behaving in that moment that they might interact with that message. So what sort of stuff do you do on a day-to-day basis then, Adam? So my role is um, obviously overseeing the agency. So, you know, we've got uh, a few employees that I, I manage. Um, ultimately, we work with different agencies. So we, you know, no day's the same. We could be working on events that we're running for them. We could be looking at lead generation campaigns and, and sort of how they're performing. We could be writing new comms messaging. I could be developing a new positioning or a new strategy for an agency, uh, doing workshops, 360 interviews with clients. So, it's it's quite broad, um, and on top of that, I do run a, a business development community uh, called BD Matters, 
um, which I, I sort of founded during uh, lockdown. So it's a group of 400 now business development professionals, pretty much exclusively in the agency world. Um, and just coming together because BD can be a bit of a lonely place. Um, and, and sometimes we need a bit of, you know, a, a clear space where we can sort of air our dirty laundry. Absolutely. And there's a certain empathy that you get from talking to people that are on a similar sort of road to yourself. Exactly. Yeah. I think, um, you know, knowing the challenges and, and and that's both just, you know, in sales, but then also internally managing upwards, uh, you know, PRing yourself. There's a lot about the sales role that people don't understand or don't want to know. You know, there can be sort of a naivety to it or a sort of like, you know, keeping their uh, you at arm's length a little bit. So, yeah, it, it brings people together and gives them, a you know, learning and community that they need. When you think back, what is the sort of what's the piece of work that you're most proud of? So one thing that sort of always sticks in my mind was a, a pitch uh, which we, when I was working for Visium, um, who are no longer around actually, they're a sort of top 10 media agency, part of the Denso Aegis network. Um, they were pitching for Camelot, which uh, are the people that run the national lottery. Um, and we were invited onto a pitch as a bit of a wild card, basically. There were seven agencies and we were the wild card. Um, and it was a, like, a fascinating brief because it was, yes, it was like the National Lottery. So some people look at that as gambling, but a lot of it was about the good causes and the work that the National Lottery does in sort of reinvesting around the country. And ultimately, you know, that pitch was a seven-way pitch process. We won that pitch from being a complete wild card. And sometimes being a wild card is not such a bad thing because I think we knew that we had to go in sort of bolder and more creative than the other agencies and, you know, I was kind of like, you know, behind the scenes, there was obviously, obviously lots of people involved in that pitch process, but were able to sort of win them over. You know, we've created, uh, created some incredible insight videos that sort of brought, you know, consumer insights about the whole family and how they interact with the National Lottery or how they could. Um, and so there was it was a huge amount of work that over a few months. And so, you know, 50 million pounds, I think it was worth to the agency in terms of uh, billings. So, you know, it was a pretty outstanding win. Phenomenal. So my first ever job was at Zenith Media and Zenith was part of the same group as Bates Dorland and Bates had won the creative for launching the National Lottery and there were these um, like massive like outdoor poster sites where they had one night we got invited down to the company bar so there's free beer so in our teenage years we all sort of rushed along and we had our pictures taken and we all like had like a grid of everyone's faces put together for the launch of the Camelot National Lottery so there we go it's uh i mean it's a, it's a great brand i mean um there's just so much going on uh but i think it's for the for this agency for visium i think it's one of their biggest accounts they'd won at the time and sort of really changed the game for for you know who they were as an agency and what they could win so what's the one of the worst pieces of advice that you've ever heard an agency be given adam i, I don't know whether it was advice but i certainly saw when you know i was at Isobar that, um, you know, in the UK, funnily enough, about a year after this happened, sort of went down the drain and got pretty depleted. But um, it wasn't for this reason, but it was just one of a, a number of things. And it was the the sales team and the or sort of the new business team and the PR team sat at sort of at separate ends of the office, right? So it was it was a conscious decision to not put PR with new business right because which I just didn't understand I was like right surely driving PR is about driving brand awareness which is all 
the idea is to dr- drive sales, right? New business. That's that's yeah, yeah, yeah. that's why marketing and PR exist. And a lot of people, and I think it still happens today, they can't get their head around that. They feel like the role of PR is to do one thing, that's to grow brand awareness and that's to tell stories. And of course it is, but to what end? And I think one thing, you know, through launching my own consultancy, and I think what we've been able to sort of do is bring sales and marketing very closely aligned and see the effectiveness of them when they are sort of go hand in hand. But it's it, it doesn't happen. Often you'll have PR people um, and I've I've seen this recently at some of the biggest media agencies in the world. You'll have PR people. If you ask that PR person, who are who's the agency prospecting for at the moment? Who would they like to win? They could not tell you. They could not tell you. Like, and that is to me mind blowing. They don't they don't have the same objective. Absolutely. And so those sales objectives have to really ladder back to the actual marketing objective. So putting out content that's relevant to who you're prospecting for. 100% it's it's basic right you know it's so basic it's just but it's just sort of getting behind you know cr- you know looping those things together you know putting an umbrella over it all and saying right PR marketing sales events content all of this is all going to work to deliver this objective this campaign and often it's you know of course there could be silo projects going on within those channels but it, it, they don't work well together at all most of the time they're very siloed Perfect. So the main point of this podcast is to think about how we can help clients choose the right agency for them. So how do you think clients should handle speculative approaches from agencies? Yeah, I think they need to be receptive to, you know, cold outreach, you know, and I know you'd say I would say that coming from someone who specializes in, in sort of lead generation, but you know, the, if you look at the landscape, right, it is, there, there's stats around this. It's now more competitive than ever, right, to, to find agencies. It's, it's easier to start an agency than ever before. And therefore, the landscape is so broad. So, you know, we're actually asking clients to find a needle in a haystack when they're, when they're looking for agencies, aren't we? And I think, you know, clients need to have a sort of more robust process, not just for sort of when they're pitching or thinking like every three years, we're going to repitch and refile this agency, but sort of more, a more kind of natural organic way of meeting and sort of working on sort of smaller projects or testing agencies and letting people into their world a little bit to work on, you know, to challenge them or do workshops with them and make it feel a bit more real life. And I think through that process, you know, you'll naturally find the right kind of partners and the people that you align to, uh, you know, with the right kind of values, because that's always where the, the best work comes from. Um, but I think sometimes clients can have a bit of a brick wall up to agencies um, and it's, well, you know, or it's this procurement sitting in the way and, and there's things like that. So I think it's, um, I think it's opening their mind up to, you know, different agencies and how they can sort of, you know, test them out, you know, how they can sort of get to know them a little bit better without, having to you know boil the ocean and how would you suggest that without having to boil the ocean how would you suggest that um clients do that in a way that is uh, that has integrity that isn't sort of wasting like the agencies that are approaching this time and that kind of stuff well i, I think i think a lot of the pitch process i see these days you know do waste a lot of time you know because of of just the rigmarole they they, they put around it and i just think it's not very real life you know those, those sort of pitch scenarios where it's very cold everyone's invited into a room and it's all kind of a bit awkward and there's a lot of people involved and you know I just think people need to get real a little bit with it and I think actually 
like I say, if you were to have a, a sort of a workshop, you know, an hour, two hours, even chats, you know, you, you have it yourself, you know, when you meet someone, you just connect and you click instantly and like, oh, yeah, I get what you're saying. And there's, there's that, that sort of chemistry. Yeah. And I just don't think that's, that happens enough, you know, even if it was like speed dating, you know, where they just went, you know, spent like, you know, a couple of hours in a room and met like 20 agencies. And there's, there's people out there that do this kind of stuff, you know, there's businesses that organize these kind of things. But I think you should, you should be doing it all the time, you know, to challenge yourself, to challenge, you know, to meet new people, different learnings. You know, you could obviously have those short sessions. Um, there could be little pitch videos that agencies could submit to to people. They could sit there and watch 10 videos. You know, I'm looking at ways that you could be a bit more creative, Absolutely. make it a bit more automated, you know. So, you you know, you then got workshops. You could say, oh, I'll hand, I'll hand pick five and we're, you know, we'll let the... And, and also what I think they need to do is let the agency run the process don't dictate what they want and the and the way they want it to be i think they need to let agencies because i don't if i think if the agency runs the process i think they get to sort of uh, demonstrate what makes them unique and and show what makes them special and you know if one agency misses the plot or doesn't get it right well that's you know that's that's perfect that's that's what it's there for the process is designed it's almost like let the agency do whatever the hell they want because it might just take you down an entirely different route a different process that you, you you didn't think of absolutely that makes absolute sense and then in terms of if an agency is looking to build up a like candidate list of agencies where are some of the places that they can find agencies that you think has real sort of value in your mind so i mean if a brand's looking for agencies i mean there's, look, there's obviously the directories online i personally think though you know there's no brand that's short of being outreach to right you know and i think they should take that outreach as a sign of interest and willingness and 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 sort of you know they've got an interest in you so therefore why not have an interest in them rather than go cold and like i don't i don't think you know and and we don't advise a lot of our clients to invest heavily in sort of seo and google because i think if you're about to sort of part with a serious amount of i'm I'm, you know it doesn't always work but like if you're about to invest a serious amount of cash right with a client you're often looking for someone you might have an existing relationship with right and and that's going to breed you good work and all these people should you know agencies if they're getting their new business right they should be nurturing these clients all the time and and therefore that those people should be learning a little bit about each other as as time goes you know to start off cold on that journey is fine but like to go from cold to then appointing an agency i don't know to me it's a bit foolish right it's a bit like it's a bit like a candidate base, right? You know, like people, you know, people when they go out to to look and recruit for candidates, they go completely cold into market, right? And I get that. But how many of them build a pipeline of potential candidates, people that they've talked to for the last five, 10 years that are moving careers because they know those people are going to be right for them? No, and I think you're absolutely right. And I know that we as an agency, we're in the process, even if we're not recruiting, where we'll always be talking to prospective candidates locally because we know at some point in the very near future, there will be, you know, with our growth plans in place, there'll be an opportunity sort of coming up. Yeah. And so I, I think you've got to be, you've got to nurture. That's what I'm thinking. You've got to think more long-term. That's why I'm talking about meeting agencies, meeting candidates, having this open mind to like, you never know when the right person or right agency is going to walk through the door. It's not just when your procurement says, right, guys, we're going to review. Yeah, it's clear. <laughs> you know? And it hurt me when you said about um, not doing SEO, but it's entirely right. So the leads that we get via search, whether it's paid or organic, typically are lower quality. There's less affinity with us as an agency. And 
there are better ways to actually build up that list than going down that sort of route. Yeah, I, I always think those sort of entry level, uh, you know, when you talk about SEO, and look, I'm not a digital expert, but like, I think there's a place for it, and a place to generate leads. But you, you have to imagine that that's quite a cold lead, right? And that cold lead, you, you know, you always got to top up, and 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 that cold lead might be the very start of a, of a journey, but then it's not. You're not just going to go from cold to you know, let's spend 300 grand with this company and let's build our entire digital infrastructure with them. It's like you, you could do, but you're going to have to learn a lot about those people. You're going to have to have a lot of trust in, in what a short space of time. Whereby, for me, it makes sense to sort of speak to an agency every month, right? regardless of who you're working with, because you're going to learn new things all the time. You're going to sort of find out new things about those people. And if you do that, you're going to suddenly come along people. And then when you're ready to make that decision, you're, you're going to know. You're going to be like, oh, there's three people I want to work with. Yeah. I've spoken to them in the last year. They stood out to me with like a sore thumb. Let's get those people into pitch, right? And that seems to me like a more sensible process than just going to a cold directory or just Googling, you know, who can I find? Absolutely, absolutely. So in your mind, what sort of things can be done to improve the quality of work that a client gets from an agency? I think the, the, the sort of top line easiest answer for this is, is communication. I think, but beneath that, I guess what I'm talking about is letting an agency into a business to understand the real problems. I mean, the amount of times you see the brief, which is a brief off the brief off the brief, right, which has been refined and it's like, you know, we all know as agency people, when we go in to answer problem, you know, X, we're actually answering problem Y and Z. And if you don't get to Z, you're never going to know you can't fix X. You know, it's just about going behind the scenes. And I think often it's things like the, you know, if you're going to the directors or the board or the level, the, the, the relationships that sit between those people, the sort of the, the, the factors that are influencing that business, you know, macroeconomic factors that, you know, competitors or might be coming in or, you know, what's going on in the next five years. It's like they've given you this brief, but like, oh, no one told me that you were looking to sell in like three years time when I did that brief. If I'd known that, then maybe we would have had a different approach or we could have helped you in a different way. But I think I, for some reason, businesses uh, uh, and brands hold cards so close to their chest and they think they know what they want and therefore they don't get the best advice from the agencies uh, that, they're, that they're going to. So I think it's just put your guard down. You know, if you're going to embrace it, work with an agency, you know, it's got to be warts and all. I think you've got to really let them into your business. Absolutely. That has to be based on trust, surely. Yeah, 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 100%. And I think, and that should come through in the pitch process or in your review. And goes back to what we talked about before about building these relationships is that, you know, to get the best work, it's the relationship and the trust that's built between the agency and the and the client, right? And if that's not there, you get average work, right? And and the best work comes when it's it's a symbiotic partnership and they truly understand what they're both trying to achieve. And you know, sometimes that, that takes years to develop. Like, don't get me wrong, but I think it's it's knowing that you're you're investing in that journey, right? Rather than sort of saying, I just want this guy to do this one thing and then I want him to piss off, <laughs> you know, which I get which sometimes seems like some of the briefs that, that are flying about. So you've selected the agencies, you've run the pitch process, you've let the agencies shine. As a client, what's the best way to sort of score agencies and what sort of things should they be looking out for? So I think there's, you know, like obviously the, the, the work itself, like, you, you know, you've got to look at the, the quality of the work and the, and the 
the results, the how they match against the objectives. I think often a lot of briefs, you know, don't necessarily have objectives in them. And if they do, they're not necessarily smart objectives, right? They're not things that you can properly measure. And therefore, when it gets to the end of that work or that work gets delivered, it's kind of like it's subjective and therefore you're not kind of scoring against what, what it should have been. Um, that comes down to the quality of the brief again. But I think the work and and, and ensuring it's delivery against the objectives that you want it to, um, I think the relationship just between the two parties gets massively sort of overlooked and, you know, and I think having sort of, a you know, all the all the players, all the people that are involved and being able to have those sort of frank and direct conversation about who's working, who's not working on an agency team, who's, who's delivering, who's not delivering. Both ways as well. It's it's that 360 feedback. I think the thing agencies need to be able to give that feedback as direct to their clients. Like, you know, this person's disruptive, that person we don't work well with. It, it's got to, you know, and that, I know that's hard to get to, but you don't see much of it. You don't sort of see that sort of openness of saying, right, you you review us, you know, you tell us what, what we can do better. How can we make your lives easier? So I think... I mean, relationship and work, I'm sure there's there's more. I mean, you've got to look at the commercials and a, a little bit as well. And I think how an agency and a client can, you know, build a partnership where the, we'll call it performance-related pay, or how can the commercial model be so that when both parties win, you know, they, they, they sort of both win. You know, it's it's not sort of one or the other. And I don't think that normally happens a lot, especially with, the, the typical agency model where it's very much rate card, how many hours am I spending, X, Y, Z, you know, it's it's kind of like, I think there needs to be more put at risk. This is probably more on the agency side to say, well, if you believe in yourself and you back yourself, then, you know, let's set this objective of where we're trying to get to. And if we achieve that, then you win big, right? And I think more of that needs to happen. Absolutely. So then there'll be, the agency will be more invested and have some little skin in the game. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which is what you want from a proper partnership, you know, a proper skin in the game partnership. That's how, how it should be. Otherwise, an agency is just, you know, delivering the man hours that they were they were told to. Right? There's no sort of real emphasis on quality. So, in your mind, how important are budgets in this whole process for clients to be transparent about budgets that are available? Yeah, it, it needs to happen. I mean, it's still obviously, you know one of those bugbears in the industry where those briefs come across and there's you know no budget or it's you, you tell me and I, I, again I think that links back to what I said before about the openness and the honesty about the brief and the business and, and, and sort of where they're at um, but you do yeah you need guidelines I mean I always sort of work with agencies to sort of try and set parameters you know even if it's sort of benchmarks of you know, we're talking, you know, 10 to 20K, we're talking a few grand, we're talking 50, like, just try and get me in the right ballpark so that we we, we kind of have an understanding. Otherwise, I think it's, it's impossible. Like, you know, I've worked with clients before where they've sort of haven't given me a clear budget. And I'm like, well, you know, if you if you give a budget of like 10 times someone else's budget, I would invest that budget in a completely different way. You know, we'd look at sponsorship or we'd look at, you know, events and and we could really, you know, go to town with certain things, but you can only work with it within the parameters you're given. So I think it's, it's a bit of a no brainer, but it's still agencies don't like to give away uh, clients sorry, don't like to give away their budgets. And is that because if the client has 20 grand a month, they'll get a proposal nicely wrapped up for £19,999? 
They might do, but then I'd, I would expect a client to be, you know, savvy enough to understand if that's a good investment and whether that's just someone bumping up their rates and, or at least be able to demonstrate, well, if I did, if I spent half of that, what would I get out of it? Yeah. You know what I mean? So, so being able to show like the difference between a budget investment rather than you know, get the same thing, you know, just marked up differently. Perfect. No, and that makes absolute sense. So on the client side, what sort of things can they do to check up on an agency's reputation? Um, there are things out there. There's, you know, I, don't, I think the RAR is, is sort of gone now. The drum recommends, I think, is is, is now sort of like still a place people go to, um, you know, where, where they can score uh, agencies and you can get testimonials and things like that. Um, you know, there are there are some other strong networks, like we're members of the Pimento Network. And I think, you know, through word of mouth and talking to people, you can get a feel for the quality of different agencies um, that exist. But it's still, it is a grey area, right? There is no universal uh, truth to this. I mean, I've seen, there, there, was, what's that? there was a business website recently, you probably know it, but I can't remember the name of it, but it's, it was kind of like a sort of recommender score system for all businesses um, that, that, that I thought was quite, quite interesting. But look, not all businesses are going to be on it. Not everyone scores, you know, the same. Um, you've got to take a gut, gut feel with these things. Not everyone's going to get the same experience. But you do what you do with employees. You know, I think you get your references. You do your due diligence. Um, you know, there's so much out there now. You can look on LinkedIn. You can, you can look on websites. You can ask for case studies. You can ask to speak to clients. You know, just, just get a feel for that agency and the truth behind you know what they're saying basically in, in order to to ensure they are what they are i've seen there's a couple of things that um as a search agency what we think clients can do it's sometimes they can google the agency name plus review and so then they can see what that turns up and then there are websites like glassdoor no, where- i was going to say glassdoor you can take it with a pinch of salt sometimes because sometimes you'll get agitated ex-employees that are ganging up on the poor agency owner. But sometimes you can get an agency owner getting all of their current employees to leave really positive reviews just to mitigate poor ones. But culturally, you can get a feel for what it's like internally in the agency from reading that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. I know. I've had my own experience of that, actually, with um, – I won't mention them, but I'm, I'm, I worked with a branding agency a few years back and, uh, you know, they had a very strong – uh sort of egocentric board shall shall i say and they're very good at what they do but they had some you know mannerisms and and checking glass door when i was doing the positioning work it was pretty damning what was coming back um and actually i've seen recent because i think i still get notifications so it's still happening they're still to this day getting similar feedback and uh it was just an interesting one when i worked with them to sort of you know what it's like. If you're ever trying to work with a client on any kind of positioning work and get under the skin of them and their business and what makes them tick, it can be really tricky when you know, the, the the problem is the is you know the, the owners are great, but they're also the problem like standing in their own way. If you if you know what I mean. Yeah, they need to introduce a tier of management to uh, protect the staff. Yeah, exactly. Or just realize how how they're being or how they need to change. I mean, you know, there's lots of different you know personalities out there aren't there you know in terms of how people manage and lead agencies and, and different businesses so moving on from that then what are the signs that an agency is a good or a bad fit for clients you know the, the your website's still your shop window right and i think that's the first point of call to try and 
convey your values to try and get get across you know not just rationally you know can you solve a problem have you delivered similar work but and I'm not just talking values as well in terms of like are they honest are they transparent and all those kind of like you know bullshit buzzword bingo that like everybody chucks up on their website um it's just trying to get a feel for the way they talk and the way they come across. And this is where I think agencies do a really bad job actually of being quite transparent and speaking with a very authentic tone of voice, you know, and I think if they did that more then I think it would help buyers and brands find the right agency for them. Um, and sometimes you're just going to be a bit more polarizing and a bit more, you know, bullish with, with what you want to say. But I think it's a real indicator when they do do that, you think like that's, you know, that's going to be a good fit for me because they're, they're talking my language, they're referencing people I, I, I value, um, you know, that, that kind of thing I think is always, is always strong. I think, you know, you need to get a feel for like what it's going to be like to, to sort of work together, you know, and you need to understand if you're going to be a sort of a big fish in a small pond or a small fish in a big pond. And I think that can make a big difference to the the levels of service you're getting. Um, and probably doing your due diligence about asking questions like, well, who's going to work on my account? You know, because you get that classic A team in the pitch room and it's like, well, hold on, Alex, am I getting you or am I getting this one? Am I getting that one? Um, and I think you need to really know who you're going to work with because that, again, it goes back to that relationship. If you've got that strong relationship, then you're going to create great work together and you've got to be on the same page. Absolutely. And I think that we always try as an agency to bring along the team that's actually going to work on the account day to day so that there is that connection from the off and mm. you can actually see how people are working and answering questions and that kind of thing during the process. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, and, and the vice versa for the sort of the bad fear. I think, you know, you can tell from an agency's responsiveness. Um, I think it's always good to test each other in these in these scenarios right i think i think agencies should test brands and clients a little bit and vice versa and by that i mean like asking a client to sort of go slightly out of their way to do something that maybe isn't part of the pitch process but just to see the sort of person you're you're gonna get so it could be something completely unrelated like you know could you recommend something oh i'm taking my daughter swimming and i know we live in the same area so have you got anywhere that's actually decent to take her uh and just seeing what they do or you know or actually have you got some consumer you mentioned some consumer insight that another company did a couple of years ago do you mind digging that out and actually sending that over to us and just sort of seeing whether they're willing to treat you like a partner and not like a supplier and think no well, i'm not doing that why would i do that like you know and i think it's can be little things that you can kind of put in in a way and you can maybe design your own version of that, you know, just to sort of get a feel for like, oh, well, if they're willing to do that or have a bit of fun or, you know, go that extra mile, then maybe this is the right sort of partnership for me. And that chemistry, there is always, it is um, important to know that if you're going to be working very, very closely with the client, it's almost like to, if you, as an employee, if you're choosing a company to work for, to get a good feeling from a prospective client, it's almost choosing colleagues for um, by dint of extension, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I just think it's like it's, it's, it's really, it could just catch people off guard a little bit. And if you ask them to go above and beyond something they wouldn't do in there every day, then they kind of go, oh, should I do that? Will I do that for them? Like even lastly, maybe to shift the meeting, like, you know, and suddenly if you get an egotistical client whose diary is clearly more important than yours and it's going to get their back up, you kind of go, I don't think this is going to work. Because <laughs> if if moving a meeting a couple of hours is going to be an issue, I'm not the sort of person I want to work with. You know, like it, it can be little little things that you kind of, 
that niggle away that I think people are drawn to, but we don't necessarily call out. So we're aware, we're like, oh, that's annoyed him or that's annoyed her, and but we're not going to point that out. So for clients, how important should be should awards be? So the awards and agencies won. I think, you know, it it is a good indicator. I think you've got to take awards with a pinch of salt, right? And I think we all know awards can be won through very clever award entries and purchasing of award entries and tables and sponsorship and things like that, right? So I think, you know, the award system isn't perfect, put it that way, right? You can influence judges, you can influence, you know, things like that that are going on. But especially if there's consistency of awards, you know, if, if, if one piece of work, you know, I worked at Havas and they won, you know, for Dracula for the BBC, they won awards, you know, all over the place, right? You know, it starts to come that clearly that's a good piece of work that is being noticed across the industry. So I do think it can be a, a very a strong indicator of, of standing out. I don't think it's the be all and end all, but... I think if, as a, if I was a client, I'd be drawn to an award entry that was, you know, that, that that was substantial. But I think also it can possibly, if you have too many awards, there's probably like that, that sort of curve, you know, where it just sort of like it means less over time. You know, you yeah, go yeah. to some agencies' websites and it's like, here's my 600 awards, and you kind of go, I don't believe them, <laughs> or, <laughs> or like, you know, it's just bullshit. Or are they just paying for like every award out there? Because I mean, there are so many award entries out there, so. You've got to think strategically about the award you're entering and, you know, the calibre of that award and who you're going up against. Um, but, yeah, be it's quality over quantity, I think, with awards. Awesome. That's been really helpful. And then to wrap things up, what is the coolest thing that you've done or you know that's been done on a pitch? I don't remember the story correctly, but um, the coolest thing I've seen is when a airline was pitching and they arrived in the lobby uh, to meet an agency um, and they called up and they told the agency, you know, they've arrived. Right. And so, you know, five minutes goes by, you know, no one shows up. 10 minutes goes by still no one's come to collect the, the, the brand team. 15 minutes goes by. They started to get a bit antsy. 20 minutes, right? They're like, we're leaving. This is a joke. And uh, they came down to the lobby finally. And they said, just so you know, this is what your customer services are like. This is how your customers feel every single day because of X, Y, and Z. And uh, they just wanted to prove a point, you know, to, to show them, make it so sort of like what it meant Um to treat customers to understand the frustrations that they're going through. Um, and they just found a very sort of creative, uh, pointed way of, of telling them. Very brave manoeuvre. <laughs> a very brave manoeuvre. But, um, you know, when you've worked on a, as many pitches as I have, you've, you know, being 100%, you know, barely gets you second place these days. You know, you really, really have to stand out. And if you want to win, you know, I've, I've worked some of the biggest agencies in the world. And if you want to win those standout accounts, you've you've got to do something that no one else is prepared to do. You've got to really shock people and wow them. You know, you've got to really change their mind shift. Um, and it's not enough to just answer a brief. You've got to have an opinion. You've got to completely see through that brief, see through the people and see exactly what that company needs to do to put itself on the map 
And when you do that, they don't give a shit about the brief anymore. You've seen the answer. You've almost moved, you've moved the goalposts entirely so no other agency can come near it. And I think when you get that and a client goes, fuck me, you understand us better than any agency we've seen. And that's how you win pitches. Absolutely. You're, you're entirely right. So this has been great. So where, where can people find out more about you online, Adam? So our website is uh, grey-matters, and it's G-R-A-Y-matters.co. Um, and or I'm on you know LinkedIn, Adam Graham. You can find uh, me. I'm sort of posting a fair amount on LinkedIn and my articles and things. Uh, so yeah, that's the that's the main places. I'll come to Alex, and I'm sure he'll give you my details. Perfect. Thanks so much for joining me today. Thanks, Alex. Great to be here.